The Electric Circus. Insert coin. Thank you. Press start. That's right, The Electric Circus, the totally geek-tastic podcast devoted to news, reviews, rants, and raves on your favorite stuff, games, gear, cons, cosplay, and more. And here's the ringmasters for today's circus, Ray Gun and Ubernerd 527. Let's go down to the center ring. The show's about to begin. Hey, hey, Arcaders. Welcome to the Electric Circus Podcast, the podcast where we give you a nostalgic look at movies, video games, uh, TV, and more. We are very excited for this brand new episode. This episode where we're going to be reviewing Spider-Man. No Way Home, the third in the Home Trilogy, as people are calling it now. I could not do it without my partner in crime, the man of the hour, of course, uh, a huge Spider-Man fan himself, uh, Danny, the ultrasonic player. Hello, Danny. Hey, how's it going, Josh? Hello, Arcaders. It's good to see you. So, unfortunately, Ray could not join us uh, this week, uh, but we wanted to make sure we got this out because I was so very happy at the end of this movie. I'm sure I'm, we're jumping right into the what we thought about it, but I was so happy about this movie that I had to talk about it, and I knew right away that we had to do a podcast. So so unfortunately, Ray is not with us for this, this podcast, but hopefully he'll be back with us soon. But So before we get into our review of Spider-Man No Way Home, I just wanted to throw out there right now, this is going to be a spoiler review, okay? Uh, we're going to throw all everything out the window. If you have not seen this movie, do not listen to the rest of this podcast because you do not want to get spoiled from this movie. You want to be surprised. Uh, spoiler warning. There it is. Let's jump into it. Okay. So Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, takes place. Oh, probably about, well, just right after, after Far From Home, right? Yep. Okay. So it takes, yeah, it takes place just right after Far From Home. J. Jonah Jameson, uh, J.J. finally says to the world that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and is blamed for Mysterio's death. And then we jump right into it from there. Before we talk about it, when you saw the trailer, Danny, what would you, yeah. what, what did you think about No Way Home? Well, when I first, now, um, now are we talking about the teaser or the official trailer? Yeah, official trailer, teaser, you know, whatever. What do you, whatever the first thing you saw of No Way Home, uh, what were you excited about? What were, what were you, uh, really wanting from this movie and stuff like that? Okay, well, when I first saw the trailer, I, I thought to myself, whoa, okay, this is definitely territory that we're not really used to. I mean, for those who've read the comics, uh, namely the Civil War um, arc, we kind of, you can kind of already guess where some of this, where this movie kind of takes some of its cues from. But even then, they do it in a way that isn't really expected. Um, because, cause, and, I, and the funny thing is, is that I know that even the short-lived Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon did kind of, kind of toy with that idea a little bit, even though, of course, you know, nothing came of it. But... With this film, it definitely was, it, it definitely just like, what, what's, what, what would be the best way to put it? Um, it, it really just blew the lid off the, this thing even more. Yeah. And, you know, and you really were feeling for Peter's situation 
Right. Because, and again, because as the audience, we know what really went down. We mm-hmm. knew what kind of person uh, Quentin Beck really turned out to be. Yeah. But, of course, J. Jonah Jameson, seeing who he is, yeah. and again, credit to J.K. Simmons, you know, because again, he, again, he nails, he is that guy. He nails right? he can, he, he yeah. can turn it on at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So, but, of course, again, J.J., being who he is, just goes ahead and does his full-fledged, you know, libel smear campaign thing <laughs> and fortunately though as we find out unlike in the comics where the city is extremely gullible enough to believe everything this guy says it's kind of not split down the middle but it is something to where there is a bit of a division mm-hmm. where some people are backing up peter and other people are pretty much going with the whole you know oh mysterio's a good guy right and so and it just and the scenes that follow after that Again, you just really empathize with Peter's situation, and you just hope, and I know I was, that that somehow there would be a way or some kind of proof that could be given to kind of be like, hey, look, Quentin Beck's not who you think he is. Right. And it's one of those things that makes you – because I know when I was watching that those opening scenes, I thought to myself, wait a minute. Why are they not looking into this? Why Why isn't like – why isn't Happy Hogan or, 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 or Peter's friends – or well, I know they did – it's like it's one of those things where like why didn't they look into Quentin Beck's personal file? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, why didn't they at least pull that up? You know, because then because then at that point it really wouldn't take much of a but it really wouldn't take a prodigy to realize oh wait a minute hold on maybe Quentin Beck isn't exactly who you think he is. Well, it probably it probably did happen because we're jumping into a spoiler again. Uh, Mr. Matt Murdock uh, was uh, Spidey's uh, attorney and got yeah. him off. Got him off scot free because they had no evidence uh, to support the claim that he murdered Quentin Beck. So, um, so that was wonderful, especially seeing Matt Murdock. Oh I, gosh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh man, and we'll talk more about that later. But just seeing him <laughs> there was like just yet another just a huge surprise that yeah. even I had heard rumors of, but I made it a point not to pay attention to any kind of rumors yeah. or leaks until I saw this film. I and what I saw, I, I didn't see the Netflix. I didn't see the Netflix series, so I don't know. But I know a lot of people did like the Daredevil series and liked uh, both um, Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox uh, as yeah. Kingpin and Daredevil, respectively. And they really liked the character, and they really liked the story of it. So I'm glad that there's some version of this in in the MCU, and I'm glad like. Also, we're going to kind of get, like, connections and stuff like that where we have, like, heroes pop in and pop out. They don't necessarily have to do anything too spectacular, but <laughs> um, it, just him coming in. And also, it's kind of funny because, what's his name, uh, who played Happy? Oh, uh, John Favreau. John Favreau uh, was Daredevil's friend in uh, the uh, original Daredevil yeah, film, and he was right there playing with the new Daredevil, Daredevil so I thought that was kind of yep. funny, too. And uh, every video I've always I've watched since has or has pointed that out. So you you were saying that uh, it kind of blew your mind when you saw him. Yeah, because I mean I I have not yet had a chance to sit down and watch the the Netflix series, but from what little I have seen, um, I mean Charlie Cox really delivers a good performance uh, all throughout, especially when you get to the to the third and final season. Mm-hmm. He just he, he really he really let he really just goes right into that character, you, and you can definitely believe it. And seeing him in this scene, you don't need to look at him too long to know 
that this is this is Matthew Murdock, this is Daredevil, this yeah. is the guy. You know, this isn't some alternate universe thing, or at least, well, in his case, anyway. He is the same guy that you saw in, in that series. So, and, and again, the fact that he was able to help Peter out was really great. Right. And the little quip he did, you know, I mean, in that scene, my gosh. He's a really good yeah, lawyer, that, yeah. <laughs> yep. He's just a really good lawyer. He's a really, he really good lawyer. Is. <laughs> yep. I enjoyed that little cameo, and, like, it didn't, that's, that's the other thing I liked about this movie is there's little nods and connections and stuff like that uh, in this film. And, of course, there's lots of, like, nostalgia and stuff. But it never overstays it well, is welcome. Um, at least in my opinion, I don't feel it ever overstays its welcome or takes over the grand story of what they're trying to tell. So when you heard that Doctor Strange uh, was going to be in this film, uh, what was your first thought? Well, I kind of feel that it's natural. Yeah. Because I know that in the comics, uh, Peter and Doctor Strange have had, you know, definitely many, many times where they've had to work together, mm-hmm. and, and there's definitely a mutual respect and friendship between the two. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then again, that's also me going off of the 90s cartoon as well, mm-hmm. uh, in which uh, in which he got a chance to help him out. Um, but yeah, it was, and it, in a way, because I'm also familiar with a certain other, well, infamous Spidey storyline, those things kind of already had my attention and I knew that they weren't going to like do anything mediocre. But then again, come on, it's Marvel Studios. Mm -hmm. They pretty much know exactly how to be able to tell the story properly. And they do it in a way to where it really works. And obviously, you know, um, you can look at that scene and tell that Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland already have a really good working chemistry. They're able to kind of trade lines off each other. Um, I mean, I would pay money to see the gag reel (laughs) because i mean it's it's because you can tell that the two really had a good time working together and 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 everything else so having dr strange there to kind of help out really just makes sense and like and like dr strange told him in in the trailer you know look you and i we both saved half the universe it's the Mm -hmm. least i could do yeah so i also like it i i felt like um out of uh, like okay so we'll get into this later uh but um out of the three people who have played Spider-Man thus far, uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland in uh, the different Spider-Movies, I like Tom Holland because he is this kind of goofy, especially like when he first was introduced in like Civil War and stuff like that. He's like this kind of goofy kid that's still kind of learning the ropes of being Spider-Man. Like he's not a well-established Spider-Man yet, you know? He starts off as as somebody that Tony Stark found because they made like YouTube videos and he was just going around just helping him and he had a homemade costume and and all that stuff. Yeah. And then Tony saw something in him that he was trying to like build up into like a new superhero. I, I love it that a lot of people have been complaining, Oh, we don't we don't get an origin story for Peter, uh, even though we have had two movies two movies with his origin story in it. Two. Two. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I actually like it, but then uh, one of the Marvel execs said, this is his origin story. Like, it's a long-form origin story. And uh, I looked at that and goes, yeah, 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 it is. It's a long-form origin story. We're learning about it. He just, like, in the second movie, he just learned how to use his spider sense or Peter Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't mind that as a joke 
because obviously it's one of those, it, again, and like you said, you know, because these three films really are in a lot of ways his his origin story in the MCU, right. it works. Right. It's still about building up to that, to right. where he's going to be. Do, do we really need to see him get bit by a spider? Do we really need to see maybe Uncle Ben dying or, or whatever? I don't no. think so. No, and even even Kevin Feige uh, was very open in I remember seeing a, uh, a featurette of Civil War where he even talks about it. Yeah, we don't we don't do the spider bite, we don't do the death of Uncle Ben because he, he Marvel Studios had enough sense to be like, look, the audience has seen that, they don't need to see it again. Yeah, they don't need to see it so, again. It's like um, one of the things I liked about the Incredible Hulk uh, was they gave the Hulk's origin story in the opening credits for the movie, which I thought was great because we've already seen the Hulk's origin story. We don't need to see it again. I, I thought I, I, that really kind of blew my mind. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is Spider-Man setting up being Spider-Man. This movie has huge ramifications, not just for Spider-Man, but like uh, the whole MCU, the whole multiverse as a whole now. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of like the joke that they had about him going to Dr. Strange, to try to fix it. And then him getting, uh, kind of scared, you know, wanting his family and, you know, friends kind of messing up uh, Doctor Strange's spell. After after this, you know, after Strange thought he, you know, he contained it, no damage done, whatever. Then, like, he's like, but didn't you just call the, can't you just call the, the uh, school and have them, you know, talk to them and just think about it? And then Peter's like, oh, no, I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. That's like, yep, oh boy. Oh, but I like that because it's it's very real. It's so yeah. very real. I, I I enjoyed that very very much. All right, now let's talk about the first big thing that happens in the movie besides the fact that Doctor Strange is in it, and then of course Daredevil. Let's talk about the villains that come into the, the thing. Oh my gosh! I remember I remember seeing the trailer for No Way Home, and the minute. I saw Doc Ock's metal tentacles. I automatically got goosebumps. And then when he turned around and said, hello, Peter, I just, oh my gosh. I was like, my gosh. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah, you, you, me, the entire end of that, no, the entire world <laughs> yeah. was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seeing that, now seeing it in the theater again, I still kind of got some like chills, like "Ooh, this is so cool!" You know. So, what did you think about the fight against Doc Ock on the bridge? Do you think that was pretty cool? Did you? What you? What you like about it? Oh, um, a lot of things. Um, at first, it's pretty much what you expect. You know, the usual. You know, him dodging the tentacles, and then the moment Doc Ock mentions his girlfriend, thinking that he's talking about Mary Jane, right. and not Michelle. Right. But either way, the moment that happens, and Peter's Peter's uh, the Waldos. I know. Well, in the comics, they're called the Waldos. But the extra, but when Peter's spider legs activated, he's like, "What did you say?" And then Doc Ock goes, "Okay, let's see, we got some competition." Like, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. Because then all of yeah. a sudden it's like, okay, you know, mechanical arm versus mechanical arm. Yeah. Um, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, the usual, you know, fight that you'd expect, you know, even with with those extra uh, things. But the part that I didn't expect was at some point when Doc Ock pretty much has Peter pinned, and he does something to the suit. Which is shocking because again, this is, this is Doc Ock. I mean, or rather, considering what 
the suit, what uh, Peter's suit is made out of, you would think that Doc would have a much more difficult time. But somehow he was able to, to damage the suit, and some of the nanotechnology got on his the yeah. yeah. And that was like one of the world, but of course yeah. Doc recognized what it was. But um, at some point, and I think, and I don't know if it's like right then and there, or at some point later, Peter manages to somehow, uh, he somehow is able to do something to it, to where all of a sudden, Doc Ock can't use his tentacles. He can't. He can't yeah, use the arms now because he's able to connect to the to the because uh, it's older tech. So he's able to connect to the tentacles and then actually take control of the AI. I thought that was pretty funny. Actually, yeah. I was really friggin' like uh, hilarious. Like yeah. <laughs> this epic fight scene, all of a sudden it just ended in this goofy way, and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, but also, like, well, because uh, one of the things I saw in some of the videos that I've been watching is that. Uh, in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, nanotech does exist, just not to the extent of, you know, the MCU. So, because uh, in the first movie, uh, when Peter first meets Harry Osborn, he says that Harry did a, um, sorry, Norman, Norman Osborn, he, uh, he says that Norman did a paper on nanotechnology. Um, yeah. So they do have nanotech in, in uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So yeah, of course, of course Doc Ock would know about it. Um, yep. Now, there are some plot holes and stuff like that, and we'll get into that later. Just overall, and I know I'm going through the movie, like, scene by scene here, but uh, just I just want to take a pause to say that, like, I know there's a lot of plot holes in this movie. Uh, a lot of people are complaining about the spell uh, at the end of the movie uh, that uh, Doc... Yeah, I do, Doc have Strange, no, I do have a note about that. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll to there later. But I feel like, even though this movie isn't perfect... It's such a good story, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, same here. And even, and maybe it's me, but I, for one, didn't really see too many flaws in, yeah. the, in the film. Or at least if there were, it didn't take away my own my own enjoyment of it. Right, right, right. Okay, so moving on. Uh, so he just finishes Doc Ock, and then, of course, who happens to appear... Then our Power Ranger friend, uh, the Green Goblin, uh, yes. pumpkin bomb and all. Yeah, it was really cool to see the Sam Raimi Green Goblin uh, again. Yep. And they used the Green Goblin to full effect. Let me just, oh my gosh. They oh used him to full effect. And I'm like, very happy about that. They, they dialed him up to 11. Oh, If yes. not infinity. Oh, yeah. Because, wow. I mean, and... Upset. Right. We go back to the Sanctum Sanctorum. Doctor Strange explains that the spell did go, he did contain it. However, some people from other multiverse universes have now been, have now kind of leaked through the cracks and have gone into the universe and that the spell was pulling people who knew who Peter Parker was into uh, the universe, which is also why some of the characters were pulled from different timelines. So it's the moment, the minute they figure out who Peter Parker, uh, the minute they find out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, then they get, then that, what, then they get inspected by the spell. So we find out that Peter has to go around and essentially capture these guys who have gotten, uh, who've gotten through the cracks. So he goes on this whole journey of, Trying to get these these other guys, and so the next two we meet. Uh, I thought it was going to be Sandman, uh, just Sand. I thought they were going to do like an, each individual one, but no. We're introduced to Electro, who, by the way, my gosh, uh, talk about a facelift and uh, uh, a much better a much better use for Electro. So like much. I I I love the first Amazing Spider-Man 
movie. I thought it was really good. The CG was, but it was still a good movie. But the second one, it had elements of really good stuff, and I really like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. But it 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 just it failed. It be- a lot to be desired. Yeah, it failed the same way that Spider-Man Three failed uh, from the Sam Raimi trilogy. Too many villains. Uh, you're trying to throw too much stuff into this pot, and it's just not. It just it just didn't taste very good. But that's another thing I liked about this film is that it redeems a lot of those problems. And I also like, just like with uh, the reboot of like Star Trek uh, and some other ones that they've done. In I, I that's the only one I can think of in, in my head right now. But uh, just like they've done those films, I feel like they very much uh, paid homage and also respected those movies so those movies still exist they still matter but we're bringing these characters into the mcu and uh we're gonna have fun with them and boy do we oh yeah so yeah pulling electro in having sandman help spider-man i thought that was pretty cool um because of how sandman left how sandman left uh, uh peter at the end of three which by the way i that's one of the things i did actually like about three is the whole yeah. sandman arc uh with spider-man i thought that was really really cool having him come in and then of course uh peter captures them and then we move on to of course the green goblin harry osborne uh uh uh, norman osborne so we've uh, so it has been now confirmed that there is no norman osborne in the mcu so we know that there's no one named norman osborne in the mcu as far as we know I mean, there could technically still be somebody named Norman Osborn. I'm sure they could retcon it somehow. Also, I want to also say Feast is in uh, the MCU now. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Feast is a charity that uh, Peter Parker uh, helps out with. I was introduced to Feast through the video games because they're in the video games. Uh, Aunt May runs one of the uh, shelters um, and you actually helped them out. In fact, you helped them out in both the original, the 2018 Spider-Man and the uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. So that was really cool to see that. Now, also, Tom Holland confirmed that there is a move from the video game that he actually performed in the uh, in the movie. Now, what move that was, I still didn't know. I was looking really intensely. I was trying to find that. I'd have to watch yeah. it again. You know people are going to... Gonna... Dice oh like yes! Every single scene, and yes, 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 him yes. And the game and be like, "Wait, yes. that's the one." That's the one. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. So um, I, I was very happy to see Feast in there. It kind of made me go, "Oh yeah, that's cool." You know, that's from the video game. Yeah, and and then of course Aunt May meeting up with with Norman, and then uh, him being the you know scared, timid kind of Norman. I love the line. Uh, so they bring him back to the Sanctum. Peter finds out that all of these characters were either defeated or killed, uh, with the exception of Sandman. So uh, that e- each of these uh, people who have been brought into this universe have either been killed, have been killed by Spider-Man in some way. Although I don't know what happened to Sandman because he just kind of, yeah, but like, again, like I said, yeah, it doesn't really matter. So Peter decides that he not only wants to send them back, but he wants to send the map back better. He wants to help them, and so yeah. there then this fight between uh, Doctor Strange and Spider Man ensues. And my gosh, <laughs> that's such a cool fight! Yeah, wow. <laughs> 
Uh, and then, of course, who wins? Peter wins, thanks to Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You may have, you may have uh, magic, but let's not forget power of math and science science so yeah anyways so peter beats him and then with the help of norman osborn and a couple of the other ones he decides to actually help them and so he brings them back to the little bunker that they had uh stayed with happy and yeah i i like this scene i this is definitely it's definitely peter like this is definitely who peter parker is no matter what universe you're from this is Peter Parker, and seeing him fight to, you know, save these these guys who, you know, in one way or another had some kind of problem is definitely what Peter Parker does. And uh, so no matter what universe you go to, uh, unless he's evil, <laughs> that's what yeah. Peter Parker does. So It's actually one of my personal favorite scenes, too, because yeah. um, for, for the... During that brief moment where it seems like Norman has some degree of mental stability, right. he actually and it, he actually seems to come across as a bit likable and kind of helpful, yeah, to, to some extent, or at least or at least encouraging, if nothing else. Yeah, I um, like that he I, I, I repeated his line from the first Spider-Man. Uh, you know, I'm some kind of a scientist myself. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's really neat that that they wanted he wanted to try, and then he actually ends up helping Otto. Um, yeah. yeah, and well, actually curing him, you know, actually fixing the, uh, octopus arms and everything, and then, uh, tries to help out the other ones, but then, his Peter Tingle, hey, <laughs> oh, yeah. at that, that scene was like, sense goes off. At first I wasn't sure what it was, and yeah. then as soon as, as soon as, like, the way the camera was shot, as, as soon as, like, like, or, and a combination of that and the sound, you really got a sense, oh, oh, that's a spider sense ki- kicking in. Yeah. And of course, everyone's kind of wondering what's going on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and then, boom! Yeah. Peter reacts in just in the nick of time. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, you're not talking to Norman anymore. You're talking to Gabby again. Yeah. Um, I like that. I also like that, um, a lot of people were not very happy about, uh, Flint Marco's, uh, kind of heel turn, you know, from this, like, redeemed guy to the, but you have to remember that first of all, he he found out that this is not the Peter Parker that he does trust. Uh, second of all, he's trying to get back to his daughter. You know, he's going to try to do it any way he can. And uh, him, I like that him and uh, Electro share a origin story. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. That, that was pretty. That was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. Uh, and then you know they kind of push each other to, you know, escape. And then of course. What happens, of course, Green Goblin uh, comes out and um, messes everything up. And then, of course, we got probably my favorite, probably my favorite, like, serious moment, like, really tense moment in the whole thing is uh, when Peter's going up against uh, the Green Goblin. And that fight was just, oh, gosh, it was brutal, man. It was brutal. Um... And then, of course, all the explosions, everything happens, everything's gone to crap now. And then, of course, we get something I didn't, I didn't expect. I feel that was important for Peter Parker as a character. And, of course, that is, of course, the death of Aunt May. I wasn't expecting it, and I'm still kind of wrapping my head around how she actually died. I think someone said it was because of the glider. 
um, because it kind of sliced her open a little bit, um, and yeah. she bled out. But I wasn't hundred percent sure. So, well, but uh, I have to say that that scene was heartbreaking, heartbreaking, um, completely. Yeah, I mean, but at least at the moment I thought, okay, maybe she just got grazed. Right. I didn't know. I didn't think for. I mean, part of it was like kind of going back and forth, going, okay, maybe she just got bruised up, nothing more. Yeah. And the fact that you don't see what her injury is, yeah, kind of make, gets your imagination going into like a going, uh oh, no, 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 please. But yeah. before that, she does give him the line that we all kind of figured. At, at, we didn't think it needed to be said, but. The only person who could say it, especially if it's not Uncle Ben, would be her. Yeah. And the way Marissa Tomei did it, you just, you bought it. Yeah. You knew. She and, did a great um, job. She did a great job. And just, and just, but then everything that happened, like, right after, like, specifically that scene where she just, it, I mean, I know people were crying. I was just like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just, I was beside myself. I was just like, my gosh. I mean, it's like. Yeah. And it is a Spider-Man trope, you know. Yeah. I mean, people that are usually either as family members or mentor figures, either they die or turn into villains or both. It's <laughs> it is it is a part of the mythos. But man, I mean, they they went there. Yeah, they, they really did. went there. They did. And and to make it Green Goblin, in fact, to make it the Green Goblin from Sam Raimi, um, made it even worse. I feel so. But it fit. But it fit. It did. It did. Because, I mean, as someone who had who has read the, the original Death of Gwen Stacy uh, comic book arc, and as someone who saw the 90s cartoon when, I mean, those were the only two times that I've seen, outs- that I've really seen Peter really just go, oh, no, no, well, no. that along with uh, the Back in Black uh, story arc. Yeah. Um, those are the only times in which I ever saw Peter go like full rage because I know we saw a little bit of that in the first Sam Raimi film during that last confrontation. There was a deleted scene mm-hmm. from Amazing Spider-Man Two, but we never saw it. Right. But really, this is the moment where really you see Peter get pushed to that breaking point, uh-huh. and now he's just seeing red, right. and you cannot blame him for it. No. Um. So then after that heavy moment, we needed some kind of release, some kind of thing. And here comes the one part of the movie where everyone cheered uh, so loud. This was the this is the endgame moment. So at, earlier in the movie, Ned said that he had some type of his family had some type of magical ability um, and that he felt some tingles through his fingers. And then, of course, Dr. Strange says that he has to find a doctor about that. That pays off later because, uh, of course, Peter gets the sling ring. Uh, Ned is able to use a portal to make a portal. Uh, now, I, I I will say that I was trying to avoid spoilers uh, for this movie. I was trying very hard not to see anything, not to have anybody spoil anything for me. I've heard rumors that, that the other Spider-Men were going to be in the movie. But I wasn't trying, I was trying not to get my hopes up because, like, I didn't want to be disappointed, like, you know, that they weren't in the movie. Um, yeah. And when he opened the portal for the first time and you saw somebody in the distance, I just thought it was going to be, you know, 
Tom Holland. I thought it was going to be him. Me too. Come up. But then I realized, wait a minute. Tom wasn't in the back alleys. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> and then I saw the red of his costume, the red and blue of his costume, and I went, automatically went, no way. And out steps Andrew Garfield, uh, Peter Parker, and I, like, the whole theater cheered, um, yeah. roared. Uh, and then, of course, the whole scene with uh, MJ getting him to prove that he's Spider-Man. Uh, uh, and him getting the cobwebs out of the corner. <laughs> yep, yep, that was like, what in the... No, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't until he took the mask off that I'm like, okay. I was just like, ah! And, yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I was done. Oh my yeah. gosh, but boy, it was, it was. And that, some that people are, some fun. people are mad at Andrew Garfield because he's been saying, no, I'm not, I'm not in no way home. And I'm but guys, listen, he had to keep the secret, man. Give the guy a break. He had to keep the secret. Like, yeah, it, it was so good that he kept the secret. I'm so happy. Like, please tell me, please lie to me if you're in this movie. Cause I want to be surprised. Uh, and, and then. Boy, were, that was everyone surprised. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And then Ned tries to do it again. And <laughs> this time, who should appear but none other than the OG himself, Toby Maguire, as yep. his Spider-Man. Oh. Yep. I, I got, we got more applause in our theater that I went to. I oh, was super happy to see uh Toby back as Spider-Man again. But I'm not going to dwell too much on the next couple of scenes, of course. Uh, uh Of course, Toby and... Uh, I'm just going to call them by their actor names just so that we can keep yeah. them all straight. But of course, Toby and Andrew helping out Tom um, kind of get through his grief um, was very cool. A very reminiscent of... um the scene in Into the Spider-Verse when all the the, yeah. the different spider people were trying to help out Miles. I thought that was very cool. Um, and to find out what happened to uh, these versions of Peter Parker after the movies that we, we've seen before, you know, learning that Andrew Garfield is just very angry. You know, he's still trying to be, you know, a good Spider-Man, but he's still very angry. Um, and then... Uh, you know, Toby is, you know, kind of has uh, a happy ever after, but not, you know, 100% yet. Finding all that out was very, very, was very cool. And uh, then, we, of course, we get the scene where they get ready for the final, the, the final climactic thing. Each of them uh, designing a new cure. I like the part where <laughs> Ned is like, Peter, and they're all like, what? Who? <laughs> and they recreate the meme. I love it. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I think people would have rioted if they didn't do that meme at least oh, once. Oh, they had right? to. Yeah. They had to. And then, of course, the ending The ending fight. L let me also talk about the really long pause between the uh, before the ending fight. A lot of people I know are going to probably hate it, and I've already heard a few people who did. Just them kind of bantering off and just being funny and, you know, just hanging out. But you know what? I am so... So glad we got that scene uh, of yes. them just talking and just, you know, just being just just being their versions of Peter and like even bringing up things like like uh, Toby 
having organic spider, you know, spider webs. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. As, as opposed to the other two who had to create theirs and, (laughs) and doesn't come out other places. Ask each other. Yeah, it just, it just is. Yeah. yeah, and I was so glad that, that they gave us some time just for those three to hang out and just just have fun. the The whole yeah. backcracking scene that was hilarious, and yeah. um, just I I enjoyed that very very much. Um, all right, so we got the end battle. We have the three Spider Men. Um, they're all trying to stop these guys and cure them. Uh, the fight is amazing. I love that they tr- they were building a Captain America shield on the Statue of Liberty. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, in a way, it it, it works. Yeah. Know? But going back and uh, going to that to what you said about the final battle. Um, yeah. What I like about it too is that again, and I and I love that even Garfield uh, points this out because he's like, we don't know how to how, how to really be a team player, which Again, that's kind of also in keeping with Spider-Man. Yeah. But what I love about this scene, and as someone who has, again, watched the 90s cartoon religiously, and, and and I can definitely tell you that that along with seeing, when you consider what Holland's uh, Spidey has gone through since Civil War, yeah, all these things, it shows that while Tobey Maguire may be the OG, Tom Holland in a lot of ways, especially with the with the performance that Holland gives... In this entire film, especially when we get to this to this really big point, it shows that he is a perfect am- al- am- amalgamation of them plus mm-hmm. himself because because of Peter's because of Holland's experiences with everything that he has been through, mm-hmm. you can pretty much tell that he is someone that now he has the ability to, when needed, can take command of the situation and right. be a leader. Right. The mm-hmm. fact that. In, in Toby and Andrew's universes, they're real. They're really the only real superheroes, right, and that they right. have never met, they've never interacted with anybody else. It's just them. Yep. Shows that okay, all right. So, so and I love Garfield scene when he's like, "Wait, Avengers? Wait, so that's like a band? You were Are you a band? band? Yeah, you're in a band or something? Yeah." Uh, yeah which like, which harkens like I guess is a little nod to uh, Endgame where uh, yeah, uh, where. Uh, Tony was Tony was like uh, we we kind of broke up and it's like like wait like look a band like the Beatles, <laughs> yeah. only yeah and Steve Rogers was the Yokohono but yeah. <laughs> yeah oh boy oh but, my. yeah I, I like that nod um, mm-hmm. and then of course you know the action scene that followed oh my gosh you yeah. just the whole thing the web swinging the just everything just seemed to coalesce the moment uh, yeah. the moment Tom was like okay we need a plan and yeah. Uh, also, I, I will have to give it to them. That scene where all three Spider-Men came uh, on top of the Statue of Liberty and did like a little oh. hero pose. I don't oh, care yeah. how corny that is. That was so friggin' cool. <laughs> uh, let's just be glad that Yelena Belova was not there to see it. She probably was saying, you guys are such poses. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but still, you know, corny, like you said, it may be corny, but we love it. It's so cool. And then uh, uh, the whole fight ensues. Uh, they start curing each character one by one. And then, of course, what happens? Uh, uh, of course, uh, MJ uh, falls in almost oh an exact same shot uh, 
of Gwen falling in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, except Just... they, they inverted the camera so you know it's different. Um, and then Andrew Garfield saving MJ's life. That made me so, so oh, yeah. happy. Uh, because he got to do that. Um, yeah. And, and I can imagine that scene had to have been very cathartic for him. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, and then, of course, who then shows up to uh, start screwing things up again? Of course, the Green Goblin, which we all thought was going to be a new goblin or whatever. But I like, I kind of like the costume that he had this time around. Uh, it was definitely a little bit cooler looking. Although I think I like yeah. the hoodie better when he had the like the purple hood around him. But anyways, yeah, yeah. But it, I like it because it was more a nod to the source material, right? Right. That. And and honestly, the way Willem Dafoe plays it, and even folks have said this too, Norman Osborn, or at least Dafoe's Norman Osborn, does not need the mask. No, I mean he is able he to contort his face in such a way to where you can see the menace. Oh in his yeah, eyes. yeah, yeah. So he doesn't need it. He, he doesn't just gives the hood. And his, and his trusty pumpkin bombs, and there you go. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we get a really cool scene of Peter, uh, Tom Holland's Peter, um, fighting Green Goblin, and uh, wow. Just yeah. wow. Just the, some of the moves that he does are just amazing. And then, of course, we get the scene where he gets super angry. He loses it, finally. And just about when he's about to murder Green Goblin, that's when Toby stands in. And I'm glad it was Toby. I'm very glad it was Toby for several different reasons. Uh, because Toby knows, Toby's version of Peter Parker knows what letting your anger get the better of you does. Uh, because of Spider-Man. And it builds off of even Spider-Man 3. Even a film that nobody hardly ever liked. It builds off of it. And that's why I love this movie so much. Because it redeems all these other movies that are, oh my gosh. But yes, uh, and then of course, we think that Green, Go <laughs> Green Goblin stabs Tobey Maguire. We think he's dead, <sighs> which was, yeah. That, yeah. that, that floored me like, no! Yeah. I thought, I figured I thought they were going to kill him off. Gonna buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey's Spider-Man... Join together, they get the cure into Norman, and the day is saved. But then again, but uh, then again, guess what? No, it's not, because uh, the fabric of reality starts ripping, uh, and a lot of people are starting to get drawn uh, into uh, the MCU. Uh, we see shadows of people. We don't know who they are. Um, yep. Of course, the only option left is uh, for Peter to basically make a sacrifice and make everyone else forget about him. And that's uh, what happens. I like it. I know that there are some holes with the spell. But I like the idea of it. I also like that nobody forgot Spider-Man. Just they forgot oh. that Peter Parker exists. Um, so Spider-Man still exists and people know who Spider-Man... They know Spider-Man... But they don't know that Peter Parker exists. The scenes after are very heart-wrenching. Uh, you know, him seeing MJ and Ned, and they've completely forgot about him. But I will have to say, I think this is set up 
probably the close. Like, like this is bringing Peter back to the Peter Parker from the comics. You know, he's yeah. he's not a rich kid. You know, he doesn't have any he doesn't have any connections to Stark Tech anymore. Uh, he doesn't. He's just a self made man. In fact, you even see him with an old sewing kit. He sewed his own yeah. suit. So I I think this is going. This is a really good start to bring him to basically where Peter Parker is in the comics to where, you know, he is uh, an everyman superhero. He's not, you know, inundated with all this tech. He's, you know, back to basics. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I like it too. I mean, it is a bittersweet thing because, um, and maybe this comes also from watching What If as well, right. um, but I can tell that it look. In the moments that Peter's able to interact with a lot of characters from the MCU, uh, when it, when they're not being antagonistic uh, toward each other, you know, for, for whatever reason, like like the Accords or whatnot, there's no question that Peter definitely has um, a good rapport that does develop with the Avengers, or at least I know that, and again, maybe it comes from also watching What If, because we're basically, you know, the remaining Avengers pretty much, you know, see him as one of their own they don't they don't uh, they don't question anymore the fact that he's a kid but then again in that episode they were dealing with the zombie apocalypse yeah so that's a whole other thing yeah so now going back to what you said about the the plot holes in the spell i'm actually familiar with with the spell and i don't know if they took um a, I, don't, I don't know if they borrowed it from this arc but there was an arc that was done uh, years ago called one moment in time this was you know i guess it was sort of like you know the, the marvel comics way of kind of trying to, I guess, I guess trying to logically explain the whole one more day situation. Look, without going without going on a full uh, tangent, uh, there is no way you can logically explain that. That was just you know certain editors wanting to oh yeah put their oh, own, yeah. wanting to do away with the with the spider marriage. Oh yeah, um, yeah yeah. But but I did find out that there actually is a workaround with that spell. Mm-hmm. Where if Peter does reveal his identity, or at least the way I understand how the spell works, is that. If Peter revealed, if he unmasks to someone, the spell will then wear off for that person. Right. And that person will know that it's him. So I'm hoping, and how they'll do it is, is up to the filmmakers. I don't know. But I would like for there to be a scene where either something happens and, and Peter has to unmask or he gets his mask taken off by one of the heroes. And then all of a sudden, at first there's confusion. And then all of a sudden, a look in the in the in the in the character's eye, whoever it is, it could be Sam Wilson, it could be whoever. They look at him and go, Parker, or or, or and again, corny as that sounds. Or if we can get a scene that's something like that, then at least it shows that that we can still have some degree of a rapport between Peter and the Avengers. Now, granted, right. yeah, I can. There's no question that unfortunately Peter may have to be a little bit distant and aloof with them for a while. But not because he has to, not because he wants to, but because he has to. Right. Or however they'll, they'll do it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is kind of a little bit of a bittersweet thing, but looking at how he creates the suit, you do get a sense that he's definitely taken cues both from Tony as well as from uh, Andrew and, and, uh, and Toby as well. Yeah. Because I think, and I don't know, again, it's, it's a very close shot. So, and I think uh, the eyepiece of his mask, I think, can still do the whole you know, open, close right, type of right, thing. Right. Um, and so, and, and, and again, I don't mind it going back to the, back to basics as well, because I know yeah. there have been criticisms from people saying, oh no, it's Iron Man Jr., not Spider-Man. Yeah. For me, I never looked at it that way. 
Yeah. I just I always look at it as all this building up Peter to being you know his own person, right? Which is what even Tony wanted him to do. Right. And I know that if Peter had more interactions with Steve Rogers, he would want him to be the same as well. Right. So it's it's a perfect way to cut. I mean, bittersweet as it is, but it does give a sense that hold on, yes, the spell did do that, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a way to make it to where at least the people that are important to him and people who should know will rediscover it again. Right, right. And and it's quite possible that does happen, but even if we don't get another spider, because apparently Tom Holland is uh, contracted to do one more MCU film, like to appear in one more MCU film. So uh, we'll probably see him again, but then if Sony has already said that they already have another trilogy in mind with Tom Holland. Uh, So... We'll see what happens see what, yeah. with with uh, with Spider Man going forward. Um, in fact, that's what I want to talk about here in just a moment. But uh, yeah. before we do that, let's jump into the uh, the two end credits. Of course, this is a Marvel movie. You yeah. gotta have your end credits. Yeah. You gotta have your end credits when you have a Marvel film. You gotta have your end credits. You gotta you stay. I don't understand why people just stand up and walk out the theater. This is a Marvel movie. You gotta you gotta have you gotta stay. Um, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, first one, okay. So, I have not seen Venom Let There Be Carnage yet. Not seen the film. However, I did see the end credit scene. Um, because it kind of got spoiled to me thanks to the Eternals. Uh, so I was watching, uh, some YouTube videos and, uh, kind of explaining the Eternals. Uh, and they kind of spoiled that secret ending for me, so I kind of had to watch it. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, I, I still want to see Let There Be Carnage, even though I heard it was kind of a mess, but I did see the... So, for those of you who haven't seen the end credits scene for Let There Be Carnage, this is your spoiler warning. Uh, so, in Let There Be Carnage, Eddie and Carnage are... Uh, Eddie and Venom are sitting in an old rinky-dink like hotel room, and they're watching a telenovela, uh, and then they start getting an argument over the telenovela. <laughs> And then Eddie talks about secrets and how, like, you know, he can't, that, like, Venom knows all of his secrets. There's no, you know, there's no hiding anything. And then Venom says, uh, well, I have some things that I hide from you, Eddie. And it's like, really? What, what are you hiding? And then he, <clears throat> how Venom talks about how he's part of a hive mind that goes over uh, universes. And so Venom opens up, connects himself to this hive mind that can go across uh, universes. The minute he does that, they are transported into, uh, the MCU. <laughs> Specifically in Mexico for some reason. Uh, oh. <laughs> just as he does that, there's a bu- Daily Bugle news story and it shows Tom Holland with his mask off and Venom comes up to the screen and goes, him. And then licks the screen. And then that's, that's, uh, and then that's it. That's the end of that. So then, jump to uh, No Way Home. We find out, we get the resolution to that little secret ending. <laughs> yeah. And what happened was, <laughs> Eddie Brock got drunk <laughs> at a bar. <laughs> and just trying to figure out what had just happened and got a recap of like the entire MCU timeline. And then just as everything was going, you know, just as Eddie was figuring out everything and finds out about Spider-Man and decides to go to New York to find out who this Spider-Man is, he gets trans. I guess the spell is it's broken and he gets sent back. A little piece of venom. <laughs> 
gets left in the MCU. So, oh boy. what that means, we don't know. We won't know for a while. There's some theories, but uh, some people are really mad about this because they said that they brought Eddie Brock into the MCU and they didn't do anything with him. I think it's hilarious, personally. Also, I also feel like this gives the MCU a chance to kind of do their own thing with the symbiote, uh, yep. separate from Sony. Uh, yeah. So I'm perfectly okay with, with, with that. Uh, who knows? Yeah. We might see a different version of Venom, different version of Eddie Brock. So anti-Venom. Anti-Venom. Who knows? We don't yeah, know. I mean, but it's, it's really cool that they hint at that Venom is in the MCU, just not the Eddie Brock and Venom form from the Sony-verse. And then, of course, the last trail, the last one is not a uh, scene at all. It is actually a trailer for Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, which is, as of the recording of this podcast, is now up, so you can actually watch it, which I've seen it twice now, and uh, uh, I'm really yeah, excited I, about it. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch the teaser yet, but um, I'm planning on doing so as soon as, uh, as soon as we're done here. It's uh, You didn't see it in the theaters when you saw the movie? Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I did stick around oh, okay. for, both, for all the end credits. Okay, okay. But I know that today um, they did release the teaser. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same as the it's one It's the same saw. thing. It's the same thing. It's oh, the okay. completely the same thing. All right. Then, uh, okay. But yeah, seeing that, I'm like, okay, wow. They are not wasting any time in getting nope. into the next chapter. Yep. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Now, I know that, uh, you know, because uh, Peter's tampering with Doctor Strange's spell did kind of open up the multiverse. But in a way, didn't it, didn't it already get o- yeah. opened yeah. up? Yeah, it's already Rocky? opened up. Yeah, I, I think the reason why the spell did what it did was because of it already being broken. So okay. that's that's why it was able to even do what it did. So, but uh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we've got a brand new Young Avenger coming on, uh, going to be introduced in uh, Multiverse of Madness, which is America Chavez, uh, which I know nothing oh. about. <laughs> I know uh, nothing I, about this character. Okay, okay. who's the character again? America uh, Chavez. America Chavez, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Um, she is, I believe she is Hispanic. Um, she has some type of multiversal powers. She can actually go huh. from universe to universe. I think she's super strong. Uh, she was, she was, uh, the first time I ever saw her was in the Marvel Rising show. Oh, okay. So to me, it just felt like she was a girl version of, uh, Captain America. Hmm. But, Apparently she's more. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But uh, she's going to be in the movie as as well as of course Fonda, which was really fun to see that uh, Doctor Strange oh, yeah. does not care <laughs> yeah. about what happened with you. So all right, now that we've gone through the whole movie, we've talked about our our thing. I I think it's pretty self-explanatory. We both love this movie. I still don't know where it ranks in my MCU movies. Yeah. Um, however, I definitely feel that it's my second favorite Spider-Man movie, um, under, un, under Into the Spider-Verse, because that movie, like, I think the thing that edges that movie out over, uh, No Way Home is, uh, is the fact that that movie is such a beautiful looking movie. That artwork is so beautiful, and yeah. not only does it have a really good story, but the artwork, the time, the effort, everything just went into making that movie, just edges it above it but it's definitely 
uh, my second favorite now. Uh, and th- yeah. that's saying something because it bumped Spider-Man 2, uh, the Sam oh, Raimi wow. Spider-Man 2, uh, down, which is saying something because that is a really yeah. good movie. Uh, so yeah. where, where does this land, where does No Way Home land for you, Danny? Okay, well, if we're talking, uh, well, first off, uh, to get more specific, um, in terms of Spidey films, um, it is definitely right up there. In fact, I think I can narrow it down to about like four, yeah, basically uh, a top four. Okay. Um, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1 okay. being the number one spot still. Okay. Um, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Okay, no, I take that back. Okay, to start off, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. Uh-huh. Because again, for every all the reasons you said, yeah, and definitely Spider Man. I don't know. Yeah, Spider Man No Way Home. Okay, and the original Spider Man One by Sam Raimi. Okay, those really are my top four. Okay, um, each each of those films have done something that really flesh out the character in a way that if you've never seen, if you've never read the comics, if you've never seen any of the animated series, th- these are definitely must haves because. They will give you everything you need to know about who this character is and what he's about. Cool. And and I know the character Peter Parker himself would never admit it because he's just he's a little bit too humble. But there's no question in my mind, having having read the source material and watched several series, good ones of course, there's no question in my mind that to, to many of the other Avengers, especially Tony and Steve, that Peter Parker really is he really is the potential to be the best, to be better than all of them. And there, and, and he is, you know, he doesn't need, he doesn't have a super soldier serum. Mm. He doesn't have blonde hair or blue eyes, unless he's Ben Riley or the <laughs> alternate uh, Peter Parker that sadly, you know, bought it you know, in the beginning of Spider-Verse. Or as, so, as the filmmakers called him, R.I. Peter. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, no vibranium shield, yeah. no vibranium suits. Um, though that would be pretty interesting. It would be. Um, well, no, wasn't or, wasn't his Iron Spider suit um, vibranium? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm, that I'm not sure. But okay. uh, but that would be pretty interesting. But again, all Peter. What what makes Peter Parker special is again from who he is as a person and the diehards. You guys all, we all know what makes him special. Right. Um, now I would be, it would be pretty interesting given that Tom Holland did take a page from the video games. I would, I really would wonder if at some point he does end up creating, uh, his version of the advanced suit. That'd now cool. I know that may seem like a tall order, but again, Peter Parker has learned enough technical know-how to where now instead, if you look at his homemade suit from, uh, civil war and homecoming, and then compare it to what he ends up making at, at the end of no way home, his creativity is pretty good. That yeah. combined with the fact oh, that he's yeah. got a police scanner in his phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I tell you. So, so now that we've talked about what we, what about the film, about what we like, let's go into what we think is going to be the future of Spider-Man, or and possible a little bit of the MCU. Um, I think uh, Spider-Man has a bright future ahead, uh, especially since. Next year, around this time, uh, we're getting uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which, uh, if you haven't listened to our uh, special episode of the Electric Circus podcast, uh, where we actually have a special guest from the Nerd Institute, uh, Ethan, uh, please check that out. That was our last uh, little special episode going over the trailer for that. I have to say, though, I'm a little little more excited about Across the Spider-Verse that I was about no way home. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, again, I mean, 
Spider-Man lends itself very well to animation. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, that's why the first Spider-Verse film uh, was as good as it was. Oh, yeah. Because the art style allowed you to do... Animation allowed you to do things that you couldn't do in live action. Right. You could try, but it just would look weird. But I was glad I was glad how No Way Home turned out. I was very pleased. So what would you like to see for the future of Spider-Man? So if what? if you you Danny, uh yeah. if Kevin Feige just appeared one day and said, Danny, we are going to have you uh direct the next Spider-Man movie, where would you go with this? Okay, well that's a very tall order, and it would definitely be an honor, uh, okay. for sure. Um so I think um now that we have Peter pretty much obviously working his way to college, okay, yeah. so let's really kind of, let's, let's really kind of show, okay, now that he's made the sacrifice, and now that he's pretty much, you know, for all intents and purposes on his own, this really opens up an opportunity for him to be able to really branch out onto his own and really kind of become essentially the urban, the urban legend, so to speak. Right. Um, now... I don't know if obviously people know they don't know Spider-Man. Obviously, still. Do you think they that they still know that he fought in the battle against Thanos? Yes. As well. Yes. No. Now you okay. know Spider-Man, but they don't yeah, know Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Yeah. 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 They know who is so, Spider-Man, and they they because uh, at the end of No Way Home, uh, when uh, Peter goes to Aunt May's grave, um, yeah. Happy shows up and he says he knew Spider-Man. So. Yes, Spider-Man still exists. People know Spider-Man, but people just don't yeah. know Peter Parker. Yeah. So, 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 I, in terms of just developing him as a character, I guess it would be just a mixture of being like, okay, how does Peter like manage uh, his college life now? I mean, because we got glimpses of that in the Raimi films, but never really anything too in depth. And I think um, in this one film, we probably could do it. Um, as to what villain we could introduce, I don't know, because the only character that I can think of that might be able to be of any kind of, uh, I could really maybe challenge Peter in some fashion, would probably be Dr. Miles Warren. Uh, now I know those who know the character know that he is one of the, was one of the main architects behind the infamous clone saga. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. The only other option would probably be maybe, uh, Bring in Craven the Hunter because I know that because I had heard that there were there was talk of maybe bringing him into this. They they've already casted Craven for a, kind of a solo film apparently. Um, yeah, which I'm not too is sure about that. yeah, which is uh, apparently it's the guy who played uh, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. So um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Aaron Taylor Johnson's an awesome actor, but it's just it would just be a little bit weird. I mean. I don't know, because I guess some people will be like, wait a minute, that's MCU Quicksilver. What's, what's see, he doing? See, that's the other thing that we got we to gotta talk about, because Morbius is coming out here soon. Now, True. If, you, if you see the trailer for Morbius, um, there's a lot of really... There's a lot of confusion of which universe this actually takes place in. Because uh, they, show, they show a picture of the Daily Bugle. Um which is from the Sam Raimi Daily Bugle. Uh, they show Oscorp, an Oscorp building, but it has yeah. a logo from Andrew Garfield's uh, universe. Right. Um, they also um, have the Vulture. Um, 
in it at the very end um, from Tom Holland's universe, as well as um, there uh, in the background of one of the scenes, you see a, a picture of Spider-Man, and it has the word murderer painted on it. Um, so, which universe this takes place, we, nobody knows. <laughs> um, you know, it, could, it could take place in a completely different universe that's not even uh, germane or even connected to the other ones. We, we, think, we think it takes place in the Venom universe um, because Morbius knows who Venom is, and they even talk about there was a situation in San Francisco, which is where Eddie Brock Venom uh, are at this point. Um, so here's my here is my crackpot theory. Okay, are you ready right, for this? Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. This where Venom takes place is actually um, Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man universe. So where Venom and where Morbius take place is in Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. This is so that Sony can still do Spider-Man movies without having to use Tom Holland. From because Tom Holland is very much um is very much like the MCU Spider-Man. Like he is synonymous with the he MCU. He is now. Yep. Um so my theory is that this takes place in the Amazing Spider-Man universe, and Andrew Garfield is probably going to make a, an appearance as Spider-Man, um, either in Morbius or in whatever next Venom movie we're going to have. Um, so um, we'll see. But uh, apparently Sony has a whole bunch of Spider-Man related movies coming out. Now, whether that means Tom Holland's Spider-Man or whether that means one of the other two or maybe a completely new Spider-Man, we don't know um, as of right now. Uh, but we're all, I'm very confused. I'm not really excited about Morbius, to be honest. Um, it's really not... It doesn't really look like an exciting movie. In fact, I might just skip to whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly... <laughs> If you really want a more, if you really want a Morbius story that's somewhat compelling, you're better off with the '90s cartoon. Yeah. So, so I'm whatever with it. But uh, I, uh, if it was me, I would probably pay off the Venom thing. Whether you give Tom Holland Venom uh, and give him the black suit, or Another good, another idea I thought was really interesting was to do Agent Venom, where maybe whoever, what's what's her name, uh, the, the girl with the really long name that's in that was in Black Widow and um, Falcon Winter Soldier, Fontaine, oh, um, Fontaine, which one, uh, Fontaine. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Elaine, Princess Adam. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that character, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, she is trying to recruit people to be in some type of team. Obviously. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it past her to basically uh, her team getting a hold of the symbiote somehow um, and creating Agent Venom. Now, I don't think it's going to be Flash Thompson because in the comic books it was Flash Thompson. Uh, Flash is a little too young for this. However, we do have somebody who could be Venom in the uh, MCU, and that is the Scorpion. I forget his That's name. That's right. 
because he appeared yes. in uh, a new home uh, the, 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 in Homecoming. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. And for a time, uh, Scorpion was 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 uh, Venom in in the uh, so he could technically be Venom, uh, yeah. be the MCU's Venom. So I don't know. We'll see. But that that's what I would do. I would pay off on the the Venom uh, Easter egg at the end. Um, and uh, you know, I feel like especially since Tom. Holland's Peter is a little bit more angry. I feel like it's probably a good idea to kind of wrestle with that. And uh so that's what I would do with the next film. But uh yeah. We do we are going to get a lot of Spider-Man related things in the next coming uh cuz lest you forget, we're also getting a new animated film, uh animated series on Disney Plus called uh yeah. Spider-Man Freshman Year, which is going to basically connect to the MCU and it's going to tell us Basically, uh, Spider-Man's freshman year. Uh, so we actually may get a little bit of his uh, origin story uh, yeah. in there, which I'm fine with that. If you want to tell that in cartoon form, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, I like I actually like it because it definitely, like you said, it definitely allows us to get a little bit more of an idea of Tom Holland's Peter Parker and how he basically his own origins or how 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 that started. And you don't even have to have Tom Holland voice the character because you can bring in the guy who voiced him in What If yeah. and go from there. Because he can, he can do enough of an impression to where you don't, you don't feel like you're, seeing, you're listening to two different people. You could, there's enough of a, of a similarity to where you can be like, okay, yeah, that's the same guy. Yeah. And, so, then, and then uh, beyond that, beyond the movies, beyond the cartoons and TV shows and whatnot, uh, we are also getting... Um, a new video game. So we're getting uh, a sequel to oh, yeah. uh, Spider-Man uh, on the PlayStation 4. We're getting Spider-Man 2, which reportedly, which according to the trailer, is going to have Venom in it, um, which is going to be really cool. Now, whether Venom is going to be a playable character or the main villain of the next film, uh, the next game, I don't know. Uh, but that's going to be really cool. So we're going to get a whole slew of other Spider-Man things coming up. But... What we are going to do with Tom Holland's Spider-Man past this movie, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, the possibilities are endless, um, and I don't believe for a moment that um, that this is the end of Spider-Man's interaction with the Avengers. I mean, yeah, I mean, because I can imagine that at least for the next uh, world-ending event or Avengers-level event, he'll be there for sure. Oh, I mean, definitely. How that dynamic will be, though, I don't know. Oh, definitely, yeah. Obviously... Whatever our next Avengers movie is going to be, I definitely think that uh, that old Pete's going to be uh, jumping in there. Uh, yeah, and what I like about it, too, is that because now, Peter, because, and, and you're right, you did bring up a good point, uh, because obviously, yeah, Peter, yes, he made the sacrifices on his own, but... There's definitely he's definitely going to be feeling some degree of angst and maybe some degree of resentment and anger, uh, maybe not towards anyone, but except maybe to himself for having you know tampered with the spell because now obviously he really is on his own. Right. He doesn't really have anybody, so he kind of has to kind of like come to terms with that fully, and I think that's where you can kind of incorporate some of the symbiote story into that yeah. before he's like, okay, I got to get this thing off because right. otherwise you know the symbiote's going to turn me into something I'm not. Yeah. And then that and how that could kind of lead into you know, maybe possibly, uh, you know, Gargan, if it, if it is Matt Gargan, getting the symbiote and, 
how Miss Valentino or Val kind of yes, into Valentina, that. yeah, okay, Val, yeah, 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 um, yeah, and and just and all of that, and then once because I figure when you really because if all this is to really bring out turn Spider Man into kind of almost like a true hero in his own right and one who can also really kind of help rally um, the Avengers in his own way as well with all the experience he's had so far and probably what can still have come especially with that little Easter egg that they put at the end of that uh, with, with Eddie Brock um, or at least with that symbiote piece then I think all the tables are set to where now once again we're gonna okay yeah we've established him as Spider-Man now now let's build him up to where he goes from just being you know this to the legend that we don't he, he is. Here, no. Here's another crazy idea. Okay. Huh? Um, as you I'm sure are aware, um, every every phase four uh show or movie um uh, so far has set up a young Avenger, um, the young Avengers team, you know, Kate Bishop and um of course Ant Man's daughter, um uh, of course, Wanda's kids and uh, oh crud! Uh, there's a bunch of other ones too. Yeah. Um, Could, would Harley? Would uh, the kid from Iron Man three, Harley Keener, would he count as one? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I know that yeah. he was he was at the end of Endgame. Uh, they he yeah. he appeared at at um, Tony's funeral. Yeah, um, true. Plus, I think they did mention uh, uh, that there would that they would incorporate that other character. Uh, uh, Riri Williams. I'm sorry. Yes, Riri. Uh, and then of course, uh, Miss Marvel is coming out next year. Yep. Um, yep. So we're getting a whole bunch of new Avengers. I mean, young Avengers. So here's my here here's my thing. Here's I. In fact, I just thought of this right now. What if we have Spider-Man be the founder of kind of a young Avengers? You know, yeah, he's a little bit older than the other than the other characters, but that would be perfect. He could be kind of like the Iron Man or Captain America of this team where he could be the leader. Obviously, like you said, you, he has leadership abilities now um, yeah. because of his experience. Uh, what if that was the case? What if he is going to be like the rallying cry for the rest of the Avengers? These young Avengers. It um, makes sense because even though, yeah, by this point, Peter's now 17 or 18 years old. So he's not pretty much, he's not in his 20s yet. So he's young enough to where there's no question that, yeah, he, he really could. He really could. And the fact that he's, that the fact that he is basically the youngest of the, of the, of the group, and essentially, and as I've seen in many fan fictions, he is basically the Avengers kid brother. Right. Um, so, and in this case, because of what he's been through, yeah, he, he really could be the rallying cry. I mean, yeah, Kate Bishop is technically, in the comics, she is technically the leader of the crew, but, but I could definitely see them, uh, I could definitely see Peter kind of, in a way, beginning to be, or at least even if he doesn't rally them, where the kids kind of, where they kind of choose him to kind of be sort of like their, their go-to guy, because right. he really is someone who probably understands better than they do what, what it means to do this yeah. and, and what you're getting yourself into. Right. And, um, so, I mean, yeah, obviously Kate Bishop had Clint, um, uh, you know, show her, and again, um, no spoilers, because again, I haven't finished watching the Hawkeye episode yet. <laughs> um, but there's no question in my mind that Peter really would be the the best person to help co-found and co-lead, if not be the de facto leader 
of of this crew with Kate Bishop kind of taking taking the second uh, being second, and then also when Peter's not around, Kate's kind of taking charge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a good mishmash because again, Marvel Studios has more than shown that they can take bits and pieces from the from the comics and blend them together in a way to where it makes sense, even right. if even if it doesn't completely jive with source material, but it uh, it respects the material and creates its own thing based off of that. Right. So yeah, I can definitely see it happen. And well, again, Peter has the experience. Well, we don't know, but uh, that's kind of our thoughts on it. But uh, I think that was, uh, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, our review, our reflection, our whatever you want to call it of yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that both uh, Danny and myself uh, give this film uh, a 10 out of 10, uh, five stars, whatever, whatever yeah, you graded. There you go. 11 out of 10 webs. <laughs> uh, 11 out of 10 flips. I, I don't know, whatever you want to say. Um, so uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. And if you want to give us your thoughts on uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, whatever you're listening for this uh, of this podcast, go ahead and uh, comment, uh, especially if you're on the website. Uh, please comment. Let us know what you think about No Way Home. Um, so that'll do it for this podcast episode. Before we go, um, I'd like to go ahead and give us some time to go ahead and let you know where you can find us on the internets. Uh, so for myself, you can find me at, uh, ubernerd527, that's U-B-E-R-N-E-R-D 527, and that's on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Instagram account is my art account because I'm a professional artist, so you can find me, uh, on all my artwork on there. Uh, also, I am a Twitch streamer. Uh, so you can find my show Sunday night streaming every Sunday night, uh, starting usually around, uh, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. Lo and behold, we are playing through a Spider-Man game. That's right. We are playing through Miles Morales, um, which, uh, we're having a whole lot of fun. Last week was really, really cool. So if you've missed that, please, please check that out. Um, I'm having a lot of fun playing through the game. I, I really enjoyed the story of Miles Morales. Uh, so, uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll also be getting the game of the year edition of the, uh, 2018 Spider-Man game because I really did like that game and I really want to play through that again really badly now. So, but I think I'm going to miss some of Miles's powers. Uh, so, uh, hopefully I'll get over that eventually, but Anyways, uh, so yeah, check us out uh, every Sunday night at twitch.tv slash ubernerd527. Danny, where can they find you? All right, well, you can find me on Facebook as well as well as uh, Twitter under the pen name uh, Danny the Ultrasonic Player, or uh, specifically the handle at ultrasncplyr9. I also write fanfiction on fanfiction.net under the same pen name, Ultrasonic. I just recently um, put a chapter um, to my Voltron fanfic, so you can check that out. And uh, just stay tuned. Oh, and speaking of which, um, I do have one little goal in mind. I don't want to call it a New Year's resolution because I don't like, I'm not really a fan of making those because right. many people make them. Very few can, but anyway. Um, one goal that I actually have in mind is that I'm hoping to join in on the Twitch stream uh, sometime next year. Um, my schedule is going to be a little bit crazy going into the spring simply because I've got two final classes to take in college, um, UCF. Nice. So, um, but hopefully, um, if everything goes well, which I believe it will, um, I'll be graduating and then hopefully from that point on be able to have uh, more time to, uh, to game, to article, and just all those good things. And cool. with it, hopefully if everything goes well, I'll be able to start streaming myself sometime next year. Um, so, so 
let's just all keep you posted. So you can follow me that way. And as always, watch Josh's uh, Twitch streams because they are very good Thank and you. a lot of fun to watch. Awesome. Well, guys, that's going to do it all us for here at the Electric Series. Don't forget, you can also find us on thearcadearchives.com, your blog site for uh, all kinds of nostalgic fun, uh, including video games, movies, TV shows, and all that uh, that we cover here on the podcast. So check out all the cool articles that we have, webcomics, uh, and all that on thearcadearchives.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and uh, at uh, Arcade A Network. Again, that's Arcade AA Network. And then, of course, on Instagram at thearcadearchives.com. And, of course, on Facebook as well. Uh, just look up Arcade81. So that's going to do it all for us uh, tonight, guys. I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. So thank you so much. Uh, and uh, we hope you have a great uh, new year. Hope you had a good holiday. And uh, we will see you next year uh, for 2022. Until then, thank you guys so much for joining us. And uh, as we always say, keep playing like it's 1981, everyone. Bye. Happy holidays. Hey, Arcaders. This is Ray Gunn from the Arcade Archives Network. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast that you're listening to. If you're listening on iTunes, please give it five stars. A lot of time and patience go into every podcast we do. Five-star ratings help us so we can continue giving you this quality entertainment every month. And don't forget to share us with your friends. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe to our channel. And if you're over on our Facebook page, please like and share. Once again, we do this for you guys and we enjoy doing it every single month. So every little bit helps. So please go online and like us today. Thanks, keep playing like it's 1981, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye now. The Electric Circus is a part of the Arcade Archives Network and is produced by What's This Button Do Productions. Hey guys, what's this button do? That's what the button does. The Electric Circus is a part of the Arcade Archives Network. With assistance from... Rebellion Productions.